today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. What kind of a prophet do you think you're going to gain when you gain the things of this world? and yet you yourself are destroyed or lost. Like it or not, for you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, those who believe the Bible to be that infallible, inerrant Word of God, for us, the world is calling out for us to compromise our belief, to back off of our walk, to to lessen our faith and our trust in Christ. Jesus Christ should have precedence over all things in the life of every believer. Money, cars, clothes, houses, and even relationships should never quite replace or drown out our desire to know and love God. In today's message from Luke chapter 9, Pastor David reminds us that if we gain all that we want in this life, but do not have a relationship with the Lord, our soul will suffer forever. Therefore, we would do well to remind ourselves when temptations come that the only things that will remain in the end are Jesus Christ and His Bride. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Ready or Not. saying that wealth is bad. I'm not saying that possessions are bad. What I'm saying is when the wealth and when the possessions become the focus and the drive of our lives, when they're superseding our desire for Christ, our passion for Christ, then beloved, we've lost our way. We're going the wrong direction and it will destroy us. It'll knock us out of the game totally. The reality and the truth of who we are as believers. Back when I was a kid, we used to play a game. It had no electronic parts to it at all. As a matter of fact, it didn't have any parts to it. We, we didn't need anything for this. That's the simplicity of some of our childhoods, right? It, it was a simple game. Probably most of you know the game called hide and seek. Uh, you, you know how the game is played. Uh, one person is it, and that one person that's it, they go and they hide their eyes for a period of time, 20 seconds, 100 seconds, whatever, you count to 100, and and all the rest of us would scatter. We'd go and hide, and we'd try to find a secure place to hide so that when the one that was it comes out, they couldn't find us, and we could make it to home base without being tagged out, because once you're tagged out, you're out of the game. You remember that game, don't you? The problem is that sometimes we felt we had plenty of time to find just that perfect spot. Thought, oh, I got plenty of time. No, I don't want to hide there. I'm going to go find another. No, I'm not going to hide there. No, I'm going to find. And then pretty soon, while we're still looking for a hiding place, we hear the one it saying, ready or not, here I come. Ready or not. And then, man, we're, we're, we're busted at that point in time. And so we're trying to hide behind anything. And we're, we're so obvious and so easy to be tagged and out of the game. 
I want to tell you this morning that there's a voice that's crying out really loudly right now. Ready or not, here I come. And it's not the Lord's voice that I'm speaking. No, and the Lord says, hey, here I come. We're looking forward to that one. Well, hopefully you're not going to be hiding from that voice. You're going to be running out and say, well, here I am. But there's another voice that's crying, ready or not, here I come. And his desire is to tag you and get you out of the game. And he's going to use every way that he can. And he's not going to wait until you're secure in a place and strong in a place. He's going to take you while you're most vulnerable. He's going to tag you and get you out of the game. The moral decay, the very fiber of our nation, continues to crumble. We no longer have a moral consciousness nor a moral compass to stand by. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. We used to have things that were right and wrong and good and bad. And when someone was living bad, everybody knew, man, that's bad. You don't want to live that way. Well, what he's doing, what he's saying, that's wrong. I would never talk that way in public. But you know what? Now, good is evil and evil is good. We're in that place right now where every man is doing what's right in his own eyes. Why? Because they, they no longer look to the things of God. They no longer have any kind of foundation of them. No biblical foundation, no moral foundation, because we've moved one more generation away from the truth of God's word. And one more generation, and one more. How many generations does it come until we are so dark in this world? in this nation. Well, ready or not, here he comes. It doesn't seem to matter anymore what you're watching, whether it be movies or television shows or series, whether it be dramas or uh, comedies, even, even documentaries. But more and more often, and definitely more blatantly than before, men and women of faith, particularly those who are professing to be Christians, are personified as idiots, as villains, as bigots, or worse. I don't know if you've noticed that, but man, we are, we are seeing this more and more. Suddenly, it's the Christian on there that's, that's so crazy, so, so nuts. And God help you if you're a pastor, because they're the really wacky ones, okay? I don't know, there's probably merit for that, but uh, we look and see our, our whole media is, is, is shifting that way. And you, as a person of faith, you, you're an idiot. You, you believe this? Come on. You know, intelligent people don't believe this. That's what the media is declaring. That's what's being poured over and over into our culture. Ready or not, here he comes. The same time that we've seen some really good faith-based movies, we also see the rise of these films that, that supposedly are based upon Bible stories. And yet they are so biblically wrong that you have to wonder, man, did they even look at the, the story in the Bible before they wrote the script? And the sad thing about this is there's a lot of Christians that go to these movies and say, oh, that was awesome. Oh, that was so great. That was so wonderful. No, it wasn't. It was an absolute perversion of the truth. Had nothing to do with the truth. Maybe a name was correct. Maybe a place was correct. But everything else was wrong, and definitely not from the Word of God. And people are feeding into it. Beloved, ready or not, here he comes. 
The reason this is becoming so blatant, I believe, within our culture is because within our churches, within the walls of our churches, we are even becoming more and more biblically illiterate. We teach and we learn nice little comfortable Bible stories without being grounded in solid doctrine without knowing the fullness of the truth of God's word. And so people are willing to believe a lie over the truth. They gather to themselves teachers that, that tickle their ears. Oh, it was a great service. We, we did this, we did that, we done that. Really, did you learn anything of God's word? Did you learn any more about who God is and who you are and, and, and how God works together in bringing us to himself? Where, where are you founded in, in the excuse me, in the doctrines of the faith. Oh, but it was a great time. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of hoopla. There was a great dog and pony show, I call it, that took place up on the stage. But the truth isn't being declared. And rather than being willing to hear correction and conviction spoken into our lives, many who declare themselves as Christians just go to where they're comfortable, where it's easy, Ready or not, here he comes. Gang, we're living in a time of great, great battle. We're in a life and death struggle for the souls of men and women, boys and girls. Satan himself is out to bring continued destruction and to cause the people of our, not only our nation, but of this world to continue to be deceived, to continue to be lost for all eternity. And it's time for the church, the people who truly declare Christ as Lord and Savior, people who are willing to, again, deny themselves, taking up their cross, following Christ, losing our life in order that we might gain our life, not being ashamed of him, but being bold in him. It's time for the church, not just as an organization, but it also be, needs to be as that organization, but the church as individual people who declare that they believe and are found in Christ to be found obedient to the truth, to be walking in the truth. It's past time for the church to stand up and be the people of God more than just some nonprofit social club where we go in and everything's wonderful and everything's fine. Oh, we've got this great program for this. We've got this great program for that. And everything. Beloved, if that's all we are, please, Shut the door. Somebody else, turn out the lights. I'm going to go get me a job at Walmart or something, if that's all we are. How do you personally deal with the words of Jesus? Not just coming in and hearing uh, something spoken to a group, but I'm talking about you personally. How do you personally deal with the words of Jesus when Jesus says to you, if you desire to come after me, you need to de deny yourself. You need to take up that instrument of execution, dying daily to yourself, and come follow me, because that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. How do you personally Respond to the words of Jesus when Jesus comes and speaks to you personally. 
And he says, if you desire to save your life, you know what? You're going to lose it. But if you're willing to lose your life for my sake, that's when you're going to gain it. Do you know this morning as you sit here what really holds your heart? What really is the focus of your heart? Because what Jesus is speaking to each one of us here today, what kind of a profit do you think you're going to gain when you gain the things of this world? And yet you yourself are destroyed or lost. Like it or not, for you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, those who believe the Bible to be that infallible, inerrant Word of God, for us, the world is calling out for us to compromise our belief, to back off of our walk, to, to, to lessen our faith and our trust in Christ. The enemy of our, of our very souls is, is working within the weaknesses of our flesh to tag us and to knock us out of the game because we're not safely found surrounded by the presence of God and the power of God and the Word of God, the people of God. You think you can stand on your own out in the world and the enemy won't tag you and knock you out of the game? Oh, you're deceiving yourself. The greatest covering, the greatest protection that you and I can have before we head to home base is to be surrounded by the presence and power of God, the work of His Holy Spirit within, his li within our lives, knowing and growing in the Word of God so that we're not easily led astray by every wind of doctrine, fellowshipping with the people of God so that we're encouraged just as iron sharpens iron so one brother can sharpen another. Brother, we, brothers and sisters, we need to be that kind of a people. Why? Because ready or not, here he comes. And he wants to tag you out of the game. The enemy, the enemy of our souls is working every way possible he can for us to live our lives in a way that denies the very one who has bought us with such a precious price. He who paid that price declares, whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Is it hard for you to live a, a godly life in the secular surroundings that we have, in the decaying morality that we have? Is it difficult for you to take a stand for Christ while we live in a culture of, of growing animosity toward the things of God, the Word of God, and the people of God? Well, let's ask men like Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and, and Azariah. They were the ones who got carried away from home and brought into a pagan culture as prisoners there, and they got their names changed to Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is it difficult for them to stand for the things of Christ in that kind of a culture? When they said, you know what? You continue to stand the way you're standing. We're going to put you in a lion's den, and they did. You continue to not bow down. We're, we're going to put you in that fiery furnace, and they did. Is it difficult for them to stand for godly things? 
This is difficult. Let's ask men like John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who continued to speak the truth, and the government leader of his time arrested him, imprisoned him, and took his head off. Why? Because he wouldn't shut up speaking the truth. Maybe if I just kept silent. Maybe if I was just a silent witness. Really? Tell that to all those who gave their lives in the first century, second century, third century of the beginning of the church as they were imprisoned, as they were beaten, as they were tortured, as they were executed for the cause of Christ. Even today, though we hear about it a lot in the Middle East, it's actually all over the world right now. Men and women and children, those who are professing believers in Jesus Christ, they continue to be persecuted, they continue to be beaten, imprisoned, tortured, raped, and executed by those that demand that they deny Christ. Listen, we'll let you free. Just deny Christ. Oh, yeah, we, we won't hurt your family. We'll let you live free. We won't rape your children. We won't kill your wife in front of your eyes. Just deny Christ. And they refuse to because of the glory that awaits them. Is it difficult to stand for Christ in a world that's lost its moral compass? Yeah. But it's not as difficult to take that stand if you count yourself dead already. Paul, who knew what it was to be chained and he knew what it was to be imprisoned, he knew that when he went to Jerusalem, they were going to arrest him. They were going to imprison him. Very likely he was going to be executed. And yet he told the elders of Ephesus, he says, you know what, none of those things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Church, the only way for us to remain fully faithful and unashamed is for us, as Jesus said, to count ourselves dead already and, and, and remain a, a very full and complete grasp of the greatness of the glory that yet awaits us. That glory that's going to be so evident when he comes down in all of his glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. Ready or not, here he comes. And this time I do mean him. He is coming. He's promised that. And for that, that's what we ought to be looking forward to. That's what we ought to be expecting. That's what we ought to be living for. I want to be found faithful. I want to be found at that place. where my race has been well run. Though I may stumble, though I may fall, that when I fall, I fall into his arms. And when I stumble, I stumble forward. And by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, to be able to get up again and draw closer and closer. Let me close with this. The prophet Jeremiah. He was a guy that was called to proclaim the truth and the hope of the gospel. He faced extreme persecution. Not so much from the government, but from his own people. 
Because he continued to speak the truth and his own people began persecuting. The people of Judah, why? Because they continued to proclaim uh, that they wanted to be a part of, of the world rather than the kingdom of God. And Jeremiah was saying, no, we need to be a part of God's truth as a nation. And yet you as a people, you've turned your backs on God. They were a people who, who grew weary of being faithful to God. And soon they became just as much a godless pagan culture as all the other nations around them. Does that sound familiar to you? And yet Jeremiah continued to warn them, even during their captivity. And his words are prophetically true for us even today. Jeremiah declares, he says, if you've run with the footman and you've become weary, how in the world are you to contend with the horseman? And if in the land of peace, in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how are you going to do in the floodplain of the Jordan? In essence, what he's saying, let's bring it to us right here today. If in the relative freedom that we have, the comfort that we have, we fail to take a stand for Christ, we fail to walk in obedience to the things of Christ, we fail to have a passion for the things of Christ. What are you going to do when the horsemen come? What are you going to do when it gets really tough in this nation? Oh, I pray Jesus comes any day. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But you know what? History says nations have gone away and persecution has come. Should the Lord tarry another 20 years? How much of a difference is it going to make in this country? I think quite a bit. You've seen it exponentially just changing and not going up, going down. And if you're not taking a stand for Christ now, what makes you think you're going to take a stand when it gets harder? Are you simply going through the motions as a believer or is there a true life change within you? Back on May 17, 2007, Gospel recording artist Matthew West had to go under surgery for his vocal cords, severely damaged vocal cords. He had been singing for years and years, great recording artist. And after that surgery, they told him that you have to have absolute silence. You can't speak. And after weeks and weeks of this absolute silence, the Holy Spirit began working in Matthew West's mind, and he gave him a new song. And he and really spoke, really, really drew to him. The name of the song is The Motions. Listen to the words of the chorus, if you would. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to go one more day without your all-consuming passion inside of me. I don't want to spend my whole life asking, what if I had given everything instead of going through the motions? Beloved, Ready or not, here he comes. If you're going through the motions, oh yes, I'm a believer, but I don't let it impact my life. Oh yes, I love Jesus, but man, I love this world. Maybe today is the time that you need to get that right with God. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. 
for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that the open word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word. from